Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for this church, Lord, that we can come in here and worship you, Lord. Oh, how we love you, Lord, and how we long for you, Lord. And Father God, it's just been rolling around in me all morning. That, Lord God, that song we were singing, who do we say that you are? And we say that you're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. And so we speak out with our mouth this morning that you are the Christ. You are our Savior. You are our Redeemer, Lord. Oh, Lord God, you're our rock of refuge, Lord. You're the place that we run run to, Lord. Oh, Jesus, you are the Son of the living God. Oh, yes, Jesus, you came and you redeemed and you saved, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that whatever we're walking in here with, Lord God, that you're making a way for us, that you're saving us and redeeming us, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord God, that we don't have to trust in the report of the world, Lord, but we trust in you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord God, that we don't walk according to what we see and what we hear, Lord, but we walk according to your word and according to faith, Lord. And we confess this morning that you are the Christ Jesus. Oh, you are Messiah. You are Savior. Oh, you're Redeemer, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord God, and we confess it to you this morning, Lord. You save, Lord. You heal, Lord. Oh, you repair, Lord. Oh, you're good and you're faithful, Lord. And we confess it with our mouth this morning, Lord. Make a way, Jesus. Make a way, Jesus, where there's no other way, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord God. Have your way in us, Lord. Speak through Pastor Paul this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you for being here. We're so glad you're here at Church on the Hill. Are you glad to be here? Amen. God is so good. He is so good all the time. All the time. Um, Pastor Stephen mentioned in the announcements about deacon elections. If I can just kind of bring you up to speed um, on that. Uh, you may not be familiar with this, seeing that we've only... Uh, we walked, we went through it two years ago. Um, uh, what we've done as, as a church, you nominated uh, deacons um, a few weeks ago. And our top two nominations um, go before the deacon board and, and we just uh, make sure that they, number one, would accept and number two, that, that they qualify. And if they would accept and both meet those requirements, then the top two nominations get presented to you to vote yes or no on them. Those top two families are Robert and Dana Owens and Brian and Christy Mueller that you'll be voting on next week. Amen? I'm so excited for them. Um, What we'll do next week is we'll provide you with ballots at the first or second service and second service. And uh, we ask that if you come to both services, just vote one time, please. Uh, And if you're a member and 18 years old. Um, But we'll just provide those two names for you, and it'll just be a yes-no vote. And you'll turn those on, and we'll get started with that. It, uh, I'm so excited about these two families, two completely committed families to God. And I'm excited about what they're going to bring to this team and sad about those that are rolling off, but uh, that's just the way our system works. And um, I just ask you to be praying and come in and vote next week. Big day when we change our leadership team. Um, it's, it's an important day. And I would ask you to be praying and come in and vote. Uh, so, bless you. God's so good. All the time. 
you know, I would ask you every now and then to just take a moment to reflect on who God is. Sometimes we allow our circumstances to seem bigger than God. But if you will just take a moment, even just right now, and just reflect on who God is and what God's doing in your life, what God's provided for you, how you're not where you were a year ago or five years ago or ten years ago or yesterday. Um, God will God will show himself strong in your life. You know, even just this morning um, in the shower, I just had a moment to reflect on how great God is. And, uh, you know, I'm, I would guess uh, to some it may look like that Elizabeth in my life is perfect with four kids. And, you know, we're the pastor and everything looks good on stage. You know, every, we try to put our best foot forward. And we try to look our best and have our hair combed and, you know, be clean and, you know, have our kids all dressed up. But it's not perfect for us either. We're walking through things just like you are. And how much I need to know how good God is and how I need to stay refreshed and on fire for him. You say, Pastor, it's your job to stay on fire. Let me tell you, it's, I don't think it's any easier for me than it would be for you. You've got to stay on fire. And you've got to kindle that fire. You've got to kindle it. You've got to build the fire. That's, that's good right there. If you don't have fire in your life, it's because you're not building it. You're not putting the gas on it and you're not lighting it. Maybe you're building it you're just not lighting it. You know, build a fire and don't light it. Tell me what kind of heat you get from that. You won't get any. You've got to do it. You've got to stir yourself up. Take a moment and see how good God is. You know, we've been talking about God's love. God's love. And it's so easy to, again, to dismiss it. Oh, another sermon about God's love. This will make number 6,000 that I've heard on God's love. But I want you to know something. I don't think that we can ever totally grasp the love of God. And I think the Lord's shown me a little bit of why. So that we've always got more to look forward to. We can never arrive. There is no arriving until we get to heaven. And I don't even know then if we're going to ever totally arrive. You know, I told a story this morning. I'm going to tell it again. I think this is so appropriate that the creatures and the the beings around the throne of God are crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And they do it for all eternity. And I heard a, a pastor once say his name is Bishop Joseph Garlington. He's a he's a uh, African-American preacher up in Pittsburgh that I got to hear it at uh, um, Phillips, um, Ron Phillips Church, uh, Ab Abba's house, used to be Hickson Baptist Church. And he was talking about how he believes around the throne of God there's all these creatures worshiping, and when they get done worshiping, God gives them just a little glimpse of his glory. Oh, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whoa, Lord God, glory, glory. And they just, they think they've got it all. And then he gives them just a little bit more. And they hit their face again, and they worship again. And when they get tired, they look up and they see the glory of God and they're ready to go again. We can't get it all. Have you ever had a worship experience? Maybe you've come into this church or you've been in another church or maybe you worship at home or have had a moment where you think, boy, that was it. I, can, I don't think I'll ever experience anything like that until you go after God again. 
and he does it even more the next time. That's who God is, going from glory to glory. The end of a thing is better than the beginning. Everything in Scripture says it's just going to get better. So when we talk about God's love, we need to allow him to touch us. I said last week is a word, woo us. As men, we don't want to be wooed or we don't want to think we can. Let me tell you, God wants to touch you men. God wants to touch you men. We cannot go numb to God's love. You know, my marriage is more strong. Our love, let me speak for myself, the love I have for my wife is more strong at 16 years than it was at one year. How can you explain that? I think at one year it was based in the flesh. You know, we're just getting to know each other. But as the years go, we start to get to know each other, and it becomes more than just flesh. It becomes more than just emotion. It becomes true. The same thing happens with you and your walk with God. You get saved, and you have this incredible experience. But if you will continue to pursue God, it becomes so much more deep than that day I gave my life to God. It's nothing like it was when I was first saved. Can anybody else testify to that? My relationship with God is so much better than it was at that first day. But at that first day, I didn't think it could get any better. Are you with me? It's the same thing with God's love. But Pastor, we've heard it. Yes, but are you experiencing it? You've heard it. You've heard it. You've heard it. But are you experiencing it? Are you allowing yourself to grow? Salvation is just where it starts. You know, I think about Sarah Beth. You know, I baptized her about three weeks ago. And I think about her life, and I think, I can't wait to watch God grow in her life. She thinks she, she thinks she's arrived. She thinks she's the only one around. She said last night, Mom and Dad, Mom and Dad can we have another baby? And I said, if we have another baby, you won't be the baby anymore. And she just smiled. I am the baby. It, the whole world just revolves around me. But I can't wait to see where my kids are going. I've been seeing my son apply God's word to his life. He has gotten desperate. And he's turned to God. And he's written in his baseball cap, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you know what? He can. Regardless of what his daddy says about him. I'm coaching him, and I've been coming down on him. Regardless of me and my mistakes, he can do all things. And you know what? His life, he is, he is putting God to the test. Not because he thinks he's going to fail, because he trusts him. And in Bible drill, he is being moved in Bible drill, and he's taking these scriptures and applying them. And I'm seeing if the daddy's in the church, if the mom's in the church, if the family unit in the church would just take a step like that and say, regardless of what's going on around me, I can do all things, and I'm going to stand on what I see God doing and what he says. I can do it. I got emotional in the first service, and people may think I'm putting on a show. I don't cry for nothing. 
but he stands in that batter's box and he takes God in there with him. And I, to be honest with you, this whole walk has just made me think, I don't care how he does. Who cares about baseball? You know, but God does when Pete stands in there and is calling on him. When you're walking through things at your work, they're no different than Pete's baseball. They're what's important to him, and it's what he's doing. And he's taking God with him. The question is, will you take God with you? You hear it, but you leave it. You leave it on the shelf until next Sunday, and then you get moved by a little message. You might even shed a little tear because the pastor's getting emotional about his kids. And then you leave it. If you will allow God to go with you, He is going to make a way for you in all things. We saw that He will make His grace all make His grace abound to you for all sufficiency in all things. That includes my son's baseball. It includes my girl's dance. It includes my kids taking tests, science, math, whatever they're doing right now. God wants them to be great. Why? Because they're they're taking Him with Him with them into that test. Will you take God with you? All right, I'm finally ready to start. What he is doing, what Bible drill is doing is teaching these kids how to position themselves for God to move in their life. They just think they're repeating Scripture until one of these little Samuels or Davids or Hannahs or Ruths or whoever stands up and says, wait a minute, I've got a word of God for that and I'm going to get through it. They don't even know why it was there. doesn't matter. It's there, and they're applying it. And let me tell you, the walls of Jericho are going to come tumbling down because God says they will. God's love. We've looked at God's love and about having no wants. I'm not going to review here real long, but we've said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. How can we live a life with no wants? Because God knows me, you remember this, and he still loves me. Number two, because he protects me. And number three, because he guides me. What else is there? He provides for me. He leads me beside still waters. He gives me drink when I need drink. He gives me food when I need food. He gives me shelter when I need shelter. He protects me from the evil one. He protects me from myself. Not only is he fighting off wolves and bears and lions, but if I get off track, he brings me back in. What else is there when we come under the covering of the shepherd? It's all taken care of. Are you with me, church? So last week we looked at how do we respond to it? How do we walk out of here today and apply God's love? Last week we saw last week last week uh, that you receive God's love. Do you know you can know the word and not apply it? You can know the right things to do. You can build a fire and not light it. You have got to live in his love. You have got to receive it and accept the fact that God loves you regardless of what you just did. You can't remove the love of God. It's a gift. You can, you can know it and not receive it, even though we didn't deserve it. It says in Romans 5.8, God has shown how much he loves us. It was... While we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. You were a sinner when he did it. 
we think we have to clean ourselves up. If you remember last week, I talked about trying to clean a, a glass with a dirty rag. You can't do it. It just makes it worse. We think so many times we've got to clean up our act before we come to God. Don't do that. If you try to clean up yourself without God, you're just going to make a bigger mess. You can't do it. Come to God just like you are. Just like you are. Come clean today. Come clean. You've got to receive it. Number two, you have got to refill yourself with God's love. I want to give you an example. Um, it says, uh, it's, it's either in uh, uh, Corinthians or Ephesians, um, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this word be filled means be continuously filled. It doesn't end. If you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, I want to tell you right now, it didn't end there. It just started there. I am all the time running empty and having to ask the Lord, fill me again. Fill me again. Refill me. Now, here we're talking about the love of God. You've got to refill yourself with God's love daily, ongoing. Let me give you an image that works for me. I picture my life as a bucket. I have to have my bucket filled. And God's love is like a fountain. The more I refill that bu bucket, the less I put on a love mask. And if you haven't been with us the last few weeks, I talked about love masks and how they pose as love, but they're not really true love. Like uh, personal achievement or uh, affection or money. These things last for a moment. They do give you a little bit of a sense of love, but they don't last. They fade away, right? So... The more that I refill that bucket, the less I put on a love mask. And if you've been a Christian for a while, do you know when your bucket is empty? Can you sense when you are starting to run spiritually empty? This may be a stretch for you. You know, we just want to come in here and have church and go home. Don't, any, don't, don't, don't question me on anything. Don't make me think about myself. Just make me feel good and go home. Sorry. Those days in this church are over. Now, I'm, I'm not saying I don't want you to feel good. I want you to like church. I want you to look forward to church. But about me making you feel good, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't read that. I read repent. That's how Jesus and John preached. Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. What's that saying? Get your house ready. The only way you're going to come clean is by allowing the blood of Jesus to move in your life and to cleanse you. There's no other way to cleanse yourself but by the blood of Jesus. Nothing else cleanses sin. So how do you know when your bucket's empty? How do you come to that discernment and understanding in your life when you need to be refilled? Well, let me tell you a little bit about how I do it. How do I fill my bucket back up? Number one going to be deep. I ask God for help. Pastor, it doesn't sound very deep. It's not deep, but it really is deep. I try my best to get up every morning and pray as, I, as I'm stepping off onto the hardwood floor in our bedroom, getting out of the bed. Lord, lead me and guide me into all truth. I don't want to step into anything today that you're not with me on. I need you at every move, with every move that I make. 
because I know what I'm capable of. What is that saying? It's saying you are completely dependent on God. That is exactly where God wants you to be. He wants you to be positioned, dependent on Him. His Word says that He will will, uh, direct my path. He will, the steps of a righteous man are ordered. This is part of how he guides us, is when we allow him and we ask him to guide us. I need you to guide me, Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. It is an acknowledging God saying, you're in control and not me. That's the way to start the day in my life. Start off on the right foot, dependent on God. Number two, I have to read God's word. I have to get up and eat a big breakfast because I'll I'll grow weak by the end of the day. It's healthy to eat breakfast. You know, again, I've been losing weight, and even though I don't want to eat breakfast, I make myself eat it. It's my least hungry time of the day. But if I don't eat it, I struggle the rest of the day. I think that's a lesson that we can learn here spiritually. We've got to eat. Sunday mornings for an hour is not enough. I've told you this before. Try just eating after church. Try just eating after church. And don't eat the rest of the week until next Sunday after church. See how that works for you. Um, I will make a disclaimer. Don't do that because if you drop dead between now and next week, I don't want to be held responsible for it. But yet, that's how we try. Spiritually, that's how we try to live. And you wonder why you struggle by Wednesday to make it to the end of the week. And not murder somebody or cuss somebody out out on the street or at Walmart or lose your salvation somewhere. Are you with me? You've got to read God's Word. I don't read the entire Bible. Most of you ought to know what I do. I don't read the whole all books of the Bible a day. I read the one year. You know, with my reading, it takes me about 15 minutes. Read your Bible. It is one of the primary ways that God communicates with you. And if I could go out on a limb and just say this, I believe this to be true. It is in my life. I don't believe that you can read your Bible and God not speak to you. You may say, Pastor, that's, of course. I mean, I'm going to read his word and he's going to speak to me by those words. No, I mean, sometimes it does speak to you that way. But when I start reading God's word, God starts speaking directly to me. I think it's impossible to get involved in God's word daily and him not speak to you. You know, Joe McGee, I used to struggle when I would read my Bible for my mind to race. I would think about everything but reading scripture. And I thought I would pray, Satan, get out of my head. What are you doing? I want to read. And I'd start reading and all of a sudden my mind would race again. Joe McGee came in and said just the opposite. Get out of notepad. What happens is your brain starts working. When you start getting in God's word, your brain actually starts to function. And all these things come to my remembrance. He says, take down a notepad and get those things written down and they'll be gone. And you know what? It's true. I don't think about them anymore. I got them sitting there. They'll be for me when I get they'll be there for me when I get done reading. But it does. It clears my mind. It allows you to be focused. Have you ever had a moment with your kid when you actually see that you connected with them? 
And it, it's like I could just do the nesty plunge. You young kids won't know what that is, but that used to be the way they did tea. They, that's the commercial. They do a plunge into the water. But it's like I about pass out. And, you know, i got good kids. They're obedient kids, and, you know, they're, 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 they're good kids. But it's hard to connect with a child. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? If my sister was here, she'd say, nobody understands the words coming out of your mouth. But you can sit there and be yelling at them, something basic, and it's just like. But when we read God's word, your mind starts to work. Has anybody ever noticed that? Everything comes to your memory. Write it down. Let God let your brain work. Brain's finally working. You know what else reading your Bible says? It says, God, I'm serious about you. It's not just playing a game. It's not just coming to church and doing the church thing. When you take the time through your week to read God's word, you're saying, God, I'm serious. I'm serious about you, and I'm serious about you moving in my life. And you know what? God takes that seriously. One of the verses I've been reading this week is John 15. It says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Live within my love. There's a difference in knowing God's love and living in God's love. There's a difference in knowing God's love and living in it. God wants you to live in it. God wants you to come under that that umbrella of protection, under the love of God. Live in the love of God. So I ask for God's help. I read God's word. Third, in my car, anytime that I can in my my office. Um, I have Christian CDs. I have an iPod with a lot of worship music. You know, I allow that to fill me back up, you will be surprised by listening to, to worship music, how that will fill you up. It'll get, you'll move spiritually. There's something about Christian music in my life, from the head-banging wild stuff to the calm stuff. God's not a God that is worried about style. Style's changed every 10 years. God loves it all. God loves it all. I've had to come to a point, and I've had to talk to Zach and Stephen both. This has been very fresh on me. You know, when I was young, music influenced me heavily. Let me tell you, music still influences me heavily. I, I just hope that I'm smart enough to listen to the right things. Doesn't mean I do every single moment, but I try. But I've told Stephen and I've told Zach, I don't know if I finally hit that age where I've crossed over and the new stuff doesn't move me anymore. In fact, it aggravates me. You know, Zach will come in and have some new worship, and I'm like, I don't like that at all. He'll be like, and then it dawns on me, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, the youth will be listening to stuff downstairs. I've talked to you all about that. And I've had to say, wait a minute, have I crossed over? Am I old? No. No. But when you can't relate to that stuff that is being played, something, something's gone wrong. 
I think the same thing happens in the church. We grow numb to where nothing can penetrate us anymore. Nothing can get into our heart anymore. We've got to be willing to say, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. I don't like it, but God help me. And you know what? Sure enough, it'll start to cross over. Doesn't mean I'm going to love it. Doesn't mean it's all I'm going to listen to, but I can start to receive it. You know, I've gotten, the more I listen to it, the better I like it. Like Skillet, I can, I can handle Skillet. In fact, I really like Skillet. But that's about my line right there. Lifehouse. Lifehouse is a, is a uh, secular group. But they've put out that song that we do everything. We do it here in the church. You know, I like, I like Lifehouse. I don't like Coldplay. You need to take account. Where's your bucket? Sorry, bucket. Uh, we've got a, uh, a good friend of mine over here, Donald Hayes. His nickname's Bucket. I hope I don't hurt your feelings, but I can't help but think about you every time I say it. It's all I do not to look at you. Uh, but uh, how's your bu- how's your bucket? <laughs> you need to take account. What's coming in? What am I? What have I got? And then finally, I've got to get worship in me, and then finally I've got to be around God's people. That's how I get my bucket filled. I ask God to help me from the second I wake up. I read my Bible. I get worship music in me, or I stir up worship in my life. And then finally, I've got to surround myself with godly people, people that speak into my life, that sharpen me, and I sharpen them. Doesn't mean I don't hang with the lost every now and then. I am called to do that. You are called to do that. You are called to win the lost. But if I hang around them all the time, let me tell you, they will rub off on me. I've seen it too many times in my life and in my children's life and in others' lives. Who you hang around with is who you become. I need to be around godly people. That's how I refill myself. How do you get your bucket filled? It's very important to discern your life, discern what's coming in. So how do we respond to God? Number one, we receive it. Number two, number two, we refill ourselves with God's love. And then finally, and I'm going to close right here. Not yet. I'll, I'll do my second closing in just a moment. You reflect God's love to others. You give it away. You give God's love away. You know, God works in paradoxes. I don't know if you realize, you know, it says if you want to live, you got to die. If you want to receive, you got to give. You know, things don't work like the world works with God. Sometimes it's just backwards. We reflect God's love to others. People are dying for love. When you begin to understand the love of God for you, when you begin to embrace it, do you know how you begin to see more clearly? Many times when we start to really receive God's love, we start to see other people's love masks. And all that is is a cry for love. When my children start acting up, when they start getting loud, when they start getting obnoxious, they are crying for love and not a love mask. They're giving me a love mask. I need to give them love. Strip everything down and give them love. That's what we're doing with God. We're flailing our arms and me, me, me. Oh, woe is me. And God's saying, no, let me love you for just a minute. That's what you really want. 
you think you're wanting all this stuff, but let me give you what you really want. It satisfies, yes. Give it away. There's something about giving love away. And you know what? When you give it away, you want to know something strange? You get it back. Whenever you give out some of God's love or some love from your heart, you know what? You get it back. I don't know how that works. When you leave here today, you're going to have a baton of God's love. Give it to somebody today and watch. I'm telling you, you will sense the love of God in your life. And I don't understand how it all works. It's one of the questions I'm going to ask God. How does that work? How do we do these things? And it works, seems to work in the opposite. Why do I give love away? And why am I the one that seems like I'm the beneficiary of it? You ever notice that? It's just how it works. Jesus Christ, right before he was about to die, he didn't have many hours left, much alone, many words left. And he pulled his closest followers together and he said in John 13, And so I'm giving a new commandment to you now. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. Your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. He is about to be betrayed and he knows it. And yet his response is, give love. And he doesn't say, everybody's going to know you're one of my followers because you're healing the sick or because you're browbeating them with a Bible all the time. No, he says, they'll know by how you're treating them. They'll know if you're a Christian or not by how you're acting. I want you to think about when you walk into the workplace, when you walk into the Walmart or wherever you are, what do you reflect? And I'm going to stretch this just a little bit, just for a moment. And this, I'm almost done. Again. One of the commandments says, do not take the name of the Lord, don't take the, the Lord's name in vain. Okay, Scripture also says in 2 Corinthians 7, 14, if, the, if my people who are called by my name, okay, are we called by his name? If you've received Jesus Christ, are you called by his name? Yes. We can speak in Jesus' name, right? We are called by his name. Then when it says here that people will know us by how we are treating one another, what does that say about when we treat them wrong? Are we taking God's name in vain? Do you see that when you're walking around with God in your heart, you represent Him? You represent His name. So the things that you do represent Him. I'm a child of God. If my son goes out here and does something stupid out in the world, that reflects my name. There's no way of getting away from it. He has my name. We call him Pete, but he's Paul Edward Ramsey III. He literally has my name. How many times have the people gotten confused between me and my dad? All the time. Unfortunately, me and my dad have very similar phone numbers, so I get his calls and he gets my calls. It's very funny because people will go right into their conversation and I'll just, I can't figure out whether you're wanting me or not, so just go ahead. Wait a minute. Nope, you need my dad. When I go out here and do something stupid, it reflects my dad's name. When we go out here and do something stupid, it reflects our Father. We are a reflection of God the Father. We were created by Him. We have received Him. We have accepted Him. Now, how, how do we act? The way we show that we're a follower of Jesus Christ is how we act to one another. 
because you can't act right with one another without him. That's how God knows. That's how people know. I can't act right with you all the time unless I've got God in my heart. I've, I've got too much flesh in me. When it gets down deep, when you really start to accept the love of Christ, you are going to change. You're going to be able to love people you never could love before. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus in you can do that. Love the unlovable. Only Jesus can do that. That's good. That's how we display God's love. Will you pass that baton to somebody today? Just look at them. Maybe go home and grab one of your kids and just say, I love you. You know, something I do with my kids, I try to do it every day, is I'll just be driving down the road and almost have to stop the car and just look at them and say, if I remember to tell you today that I love you, and they're like, oh, Daddy, yes, you have, Dad. You have. Sarah Beth, I said it to her yesterday. Sarah Beth, why do I love you so much? And she said, Daddy, do you love anybody else? You know what? It's all about her. It's fine with me. And that's just how God wants you to feel. My love is all about you. It's all about you. And you know what? I started telling her, yeah, I love Mommy, and I love Rita Marie, and I love Pete. And then she'd start filling in the blanks. You love Papa Jean? Well, yes, I love Papa Jean. Um, that's Elizabeth's dad. Uh, yes, Ruth Ann. I was just, I, I'm sorry. I mentioned one. i got to mention them all. And then I said, I love Nan and Fof. That's what we call my mom and dad. And all of a sudden, she could see, it's not all about me. You love a lot of people, don't you, Daddy? I do. But that doesn't mean I love you any less. I love you so much. Now, let's get back to you. It's just me and you. I love you. And that's what God's wanting to say today. Forget everything else. God loves you, individual you, with all his heart. He gives it all for you. He gives it all for you. Will you live in that place? Will you live in God's love? There's a God in God, there's a God in heaven who loves you, and it has your name written on it. Whether you like it or not, whether you deserve it or not, he's crazy about you. These love masks will give you a little bit of pleasure at the time and then will fade away. But the Bible tells us that God's love will last forever. Will you receive it? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the love of a father. And Lord, the, the perfect love of a father. Lord, I thank you for your love. We don't deserve it. Lord, I pray that this message will not just be poetic or sound good, Lord, but that it will be personal. Lord, that it's just not inspirational, but that it is transformational. Because nothing else can change us like your love. We may be different as people as we leave here today because you love us. May we be different people as we live here because you love us and because we have experienced a glimpse of your love. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you done that? The Lord's been talking to you today. Today is that day. Today is that day. Scripture tells us that we have all sinned. You have sinned. I have sinned. We have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. 
but that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He has raised Him, that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Will you do that today? Will you just say out of your own mouth, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. And Lord Jesus, I'm in need of a Savior. Save me, Jesus. Scripture says that you will be saved. That your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. Never to be blotted out. That there will come a day when this world ends. And there will be two different places. There will be heaven and there will be hell. And your name will be on that list to go into heaven. Into the presence of your Savior. Will you receive Jesus today? If you will, if you want to receive Jesus today, I want you to walk this aisle this morning. Will those that are ministering come forward? If there is anybody here that needs healing, I want you to know that God says in His Word, I am Jehovah Rophi, I am the Lord your healer. God's Word also says that God never changes. God is just as much a healer today as He was back in the day of Moses, back in the day of David. Step out today and believe God for healing. Are you battling some emotional things? Are you battling some natural things? Are you battling things at work? Are you battling things at home in your marriage? Come down here and let us pray with you and believe with you. Will everybody stand up and let's sing together.